Jeff, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Adam. It's fun to be doing this podcast. I think we're assigned to talk about macro in a variety of aspects of macro. I know that today we're going to focus a little bit on the, the cost aspects of, of macro. And, and though in 2017, CMS is not including resource utilization or, or the cost measurements for physicians in the composite MIP score, this will likely impact physicians in the coming years. Maybe not 2018, but at least by 2019. Nevertheless, there's still going to be this metric. It's out there. It's part of what physicians are going to see. It's part of actually what they see today. Tell me, tell me what you know about this. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is coming, as you said. And we know that under MACRA, for both the advanced payment models and for MIPS, the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, CMS is going to be monitoring costs and resource utilization. And then they attribute these specific costs to physicians. Uh, and these, uh, is, this is obviously an important model uh, because not all physicians are going to be responsible for all costs. So they've been collecting this data already and, and they're already doing parts of this? Yes. Several years ago, CMS developed what they call the QRUR, which is the Quality Resource Utilization Report. Every practice actually has the ability to uh, obtain their QRUR on an annual basis. They're actually able to obtain it uh, twice a year, but it's only once a year that it's the official QRUR score. And it's certainly not a perfect way to score us as docs, but it, it seeks to develop a way uh, to adjust risk assessment and assign physician groups basically a cost or a score based on the cost of care that they are providing. Wow. And, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's, um, it, it's given to, to physicians uh, or to groups on a regular basis. And as I mentioned, it is adjusted for certain patient population characteristics. So the QRUR report, which you can download from the CMS website, is only based on claims data. That is correct, yes. So the report analyzes CMS-related cost payment data uh, and aggregates that um, to the physicians who are attributed those costs. And it does that on a tax ID number basis. And basically, uh, in simple terms, the QRUR has three components. The first component is what they call total cost per capita for Medicare Parts A and B. Said simply, that means the total cost of caring for a uh, Medicare patient, not including their drug costs. And this is a total amount that is attributed to patients for the year, and it gets attributed, in essence, to the primary physician. Now note, I didn't say the primary care physician. The primary physician is the physician that has the most number of outpatient uh, visits or highest amount of outpatient level billing for the year. So that's the first component of the QRUR. The second component is what they call total cost per capita for disease-specific conditions. And up until now, there's only been four conditions that they've looked at, diabetes, COPD, heart failure, and coronary artery disease. Going forward under MACRA, there will be a number of other conditions included in that, and there will be a number of renal-related conditions as well that ultimately we anticipate will be attributed to the nephrologist that's caring for those patients. And then the third component of the QRUR is Medicare spending per beneficiary for hospitalizations. And this includes the costs from three days prior to the patient being admitted to the hospital all the way to 30 days post-hospitalization. And of course, it becomes adjusted by DRGs and specialty composition and a number of other items. And 
Typically, this gets attributed to the physician that has the most amount of billing for the patient that was uh, during the time they were in the hospital. And of course, you have to have a, a certain number of patient visits to, to sort of qualify for having patients attributed to you under this portion of the QRUR. So ultimately, I realize this is complex and confusing. When it comes to resource utilization under MACRA, government payers are not only holding physicians responsible for the cost of care, but also are interested in making resource utilization more transparent, uh, both for other payers and for patients and for the physician practices themselves. But let me get this straight. So we know that CMS pays out most of its money to not the physician, right? Physicians don't get the bulk of the spending. So why is that spending then being attributed to the physicians? Wow. So that is a critical point, right? As physicians, we get exactly like you said, not the bulk of the reimbursement. And it's a critical point because CMS feels like, and this is their quote, not mine, their quote, although an estimated 80% of overall healthcare costs are attributable to things that are outside of, of the physician's payment themselves, they are attributable to the decisions made by clinicians. And they say these same clinicians are often not aware of their care decisions and how those care de decisions influence the overall cost of care. And, and so ultimately, this is why they want to get this information in front of physicians, so that they make us more aware of exactly how our decisions are impacting the cost uh, that patients ultimately are, are paying, or, or really society is paying. So by combining the cost component with quality outcomes, CMS previously developed something called the value-based payment modifier. Many physicians have heard of that. Based upon cost and quality, participating medical groups were then eligible for either a small payment bonus or a penalty. And really, MIPS builds on this philosophy that transparently sharing cost and quality data will ultimately drive value. Okay, so CMS uses the QRURO report to share with physicians their group resource utilization, and this, this is a report published twice a year. It bases the scoring on costs associated with the patients attributed to a given physician or a group, and then adjusts, bases, adjusts that based on specifics about that patient population. So you get a little give if your patients are sicker, for instance. Yep. What kind of things are happening under MACRA, and how are they altering this attribution and cost adjustments? So uh, moving forward, MACRA really doubles down on quality and resource utilization for physicians with the goal to compare resources used to treat similar care episodes and, and what they call clinical condition groups across practices so that they can literally say practice A is better at utilizing resources than practice B. And while the current QRUR and the value-based uh, modifier program are not the exact means of scoring for MIPS going forward, it does, I think, serve as a foundation. So uh, we know that this data will be based on claims data, so at least physician groups don't have to do any reporting on this. And as a guiding principle, I think CMS is going to continue to attribute these three types of clinical care for specific conditions. So those three things, again, were total cost per care, 
for Medicare Parts A and B. So that really is the cost of care that gets attributed to the primary physician. In most cases, again, that'll be the primary care physician. But in many cases of a patient who may be a CKD stage four, that may be attributed to the nephrologist if we're seeing the patient the, um, the plurality of time on the outpatient setting. The second big group, as I mentioned before, is the cost per capita for disease-specific conditions. Under the old way, there were only those four conditions. Under the new way, there will be uh, at least 41 clinical conditions and episode-based measures. And of course, as I mentioned, renal conditions in many cases will count towards this section. And then the final section really stays, uh, we believe, somewhat the same, Medicare spending per beneficiary for hospitalization. So again, that's the total cost of hospitalization that gets then attributed to the one or few physicians that do the majority of care for the patient in the hospital. The key difference moving forward on that latter one is that in the past, physicians had to see um, uh, up to 125 patients in the hospital to count towards that. It'll go down to 20 patients. So if you're one of those physicians that maybe does some hospital care once in a while, in the past, you were not, uh, uh, you were not attributed those patients because you just didn't have a high enough volume. Going forward, you certainly may have some of that attribution for you. So it's really important, I think, to underscore a few key points uh, regarding this. First is for a non-renal surgery, for example, an ESRD patient that gets admitted to have their gallbladder taken out. The costs certainly would um, uh, include the pre-op costs and the anesthesia and all of that for the physician that this gets attributed to, but the costs would not include the cost of care typically associated with the routine care of a chronic condition. So this may not really apply to the nephrologists, but it does apply to our surgery colleagues. They don't need to worry about shying away from taking care of our patients because they're not going to be attributed the added costs of the dialysis while the patient's in the hospital. I hope that makes sense. I think that's important for us for reassuring our colleagues that they should still uh, continue to, to take care of our patients, especially our ESRD patients. And then ultimately, costs are going to be assigned first to a principal set of managing physicians. We think that in many cases, this will be the hospitalists, as that certainly has been the trend over the past several years. And then other costs for specific portions of their inpatient care will ultimately be attributed to the responsible physicians. Wow, that's pretty complex stuff. But I, th I think your point about the, the adjustments and, and how that's the ESRD patients aren't going to count towards the surgery performing physician is, is critical to understand because they really do need to avoid those cherry picking situations. Can you talk any more about the risk adjustment? Yeah, and, and uh, I realize this is all clear as mud, and so I apologize to our listeners. I know it's complex. I know that uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but the bottom line is um, that, that we have to keep taking care of our patients the way we've been caring for them. We have to keep caring for the most complex uh, of the patients that are out there and understand that there is risk adjustment based on beneficiary specific characteristics. And that includes things like the geography, disease severity, uh, other risk, age, comorbidities, um, and the uh, what, what is called the HCCs or the hierarchical condition categories. So I think it behooves us to be good stewards of the financial uh, resources, but we still have to do what we need to do for our patients. I think it's important to point out that this is not counting toward the 2017 MIPS composite score. And depending on how the 2018 final rule plays out, it may or may not count toward 2018. It might count or probably will count, at least in part, in 2019. 
Can you talk some of the changes that are coming, though? I mean, even even if it doesn't count, the rules are still evolving, and we're going to see scores, I think. Yeah, so jokingly, since it doesn't count in 2017, I've been telling docs they should get all of their patients' MRIs now while they still can. I clearly don't mean that. Uh, we, we obviously have to do what is right for the patients when it's right for them. But for MIPS scoring, the, the major clinical situations that are going to be attributed to nephrologists going forward appear to be uh, nephrology-specific episodes, acute inpatient episodes that are related to kidney and urinary tract diseases, toxic ingestions, renal failure, those things that we are primarily and principally involved with caring for the patient. And then chronic conditions, and, and this is still a little bit vague. CKD may certainly be considered a chronic condition, though whether that'll be just limited to advanced CKD or all of CKD remains a little bit unclear, as does the inclusion specifically of end-stage renal disease and things like glomerular nephritis uh, that are associated with lupus, uh, et cetera. So we're still waiting a little bit on, on some of that understanding. Um, we also probably will have attributed to us procedures such as dialysis access procedures. Um, and ultimately, uh, when a patient is admitted to the interventional nephrologist on those rare occasions when that happens, those will likely be attributed over to them as the, the physician performing the procedure. Wow. So how would you keep track of all this stuff? I mean, what would you do if, you know, this was your practice to run? Yeah, so keeping track of it is tough. I think the first place to start is for any practice that hasn't ever looked at their QRUR to pull them for the last couple of years. Again, going forwards, uh, the MIPS scoring system won't be based 100% on QRUR, but I think it gives us enough of a solid background that it'll tell you where on the bell curve uh, you ultimately are from a starting standpoint. Going forward, there's no way to really keep track of this on a monthly basis or on a quarterly basis. And so what we need to do is continue to be good stewards of scarce resources. So to the extent that great clinical outcomes reduce hospitalizations, that goes a long way towards MIPS scoring, both obviously on the quality side, but then also on the cost side as well. So what I think we ought to do is double down on our efforts to keep patients out of the hospital. And the most expensive patients for us clearly are the ESRD patients. So everything we can do to move patients to home dialysis, to make sure patients are optimally starting with a fistula or a graft rather than a catheter, to make sure that we're doing right by patients uh, in terms of volume control and bloodstream infections, et cetera, et cetera. That's not only good medicine, but that's good from a cost standpoint as well. And so I think in, in many ways, redoubling our efforts to educate appropriate patients on all of these items may not just help us as physicians, but ultimately may mean uh, that our patients can live longer and, and have a better quality of life. The other thing I would say is this may be an impetus for us as physicians to really spend more time with patients that, that aren't as good candidates for starting dialysis and really talk to them about what their other options are. We know that in some cases, quality of life goes up and longevity of life is not impacted by making the decision not to transition to dialysis. And then the final thing I would say is that this means that better care coordination among ourselves and our colleagues will ultimately pay dividends in the long run. Uh, and that's for our patients, clearly, uh, but it's also for us and society as a whole. So as the resource utilization category becomes more prominent as part of the MIPS composite score, presumably 2019 and beyond, these kind of things of doing the right thing, ultimately, where we all assume we know what the right thing is, which is just take good care of your patients and make sure they're getting the right and appropriate care, is probably the way to tackle this. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that if MIPS works out the way CMS wants it to, and clearly that's a big if, 
This ultimately aligns the incentives for us to do the right thing. We all want to do the right thing, unquestionably. But now, ultimately, we are rewarded for spending the extra time and going the extra mile to do the right thing for our patients. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the RPA podcast. This is only one of the topics addressed in greater detail in RPA's Renal Physician's Guide to Nephrology Practice. For more information on this and other topics that will help you with efficiently managing your nephrology practice, download a copy of the RPA Guide from the RPA Store at www.renalmd.org. Contact the RPA office at 301-468-3515 with any questions.